Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our daughter Cece's favorite restaurant is Chick-fil-A. And I don't mean that her favorite fast food restaurant is Chick-fil-A. I mean that if she has the choice between a pack of Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and a $60 steak from Max, she's going to go with the nuggets. So we eat there often. I like the spicy chicken sandwich and the ice that they put in their tea. I've also grown to appreciate how they've revolutionized the drive through At most places, you talk to a speaker to make your order. Now, when you pull into the parking lot of the Chick-fil-A, you see a huge line, yet in an instant, some nice young person appears, smiling at your car door, taking your order and putting it on a tablet and saying, it's my pleasure, about a thousand times. And here's the thing that really gets me. They say, it's my pleasure, like they mean it. Years ago, I read an article titled, Corporations Make Their Employees Use Scripts. But what do customers think? The author was talking about the likes of Chick-fil-A, where every employee says, it's my pleasure, or the drive-through at Taco Bell, where as soon as you pull up, they're supposed to say, you can order when you're ready, because the higher-ups at Taco Bell corporate believe saying, can I take your order, puts too much pressure on the customer. The one the article mentioned that I'd never heard before is at Kohl's. If you call them on the phone, they're supposed to answer saying, How can I help you deliver greatness today? How can I help you deliver greatness today? Sounds a little aspirational. But Tim Omarzu, the journalist who wrote this article all about the phrases or scripts that corporations are making their employees use, wrote that we can all recognize the benefit of these scripts when we consider that not everyone is naturally polite. 
Some people need to be trained in how to respond to customers appropriately. So a restaurant manager should teach her workers how to speak with customers just as she needs to teach them how to flip a hamburger. But according to Omarzu, the author of this article, customers don't like it when the people they are taking their, the people taking their order sound fake. That's a most important thing. You not only need to know what to say, you also must say it like you mean it. Because if you don't mean it, your fake or scripted words can do more damage than had you said nothing at all. For example, years ago I'd have to go and apologize to my little sister. When we were little, I stole her dolls. I hung those dolls up in a tree just to be mean. My mom made me take them down from the tree and hand them back over to her. Mom was standing right behind me waiting for my apology, looking down at my shoelaces. I just kind of spit the words out, I'm sorry. That wasn't going to cut it. So mom said, say it again. And this time, say it like you mean it. Because it's not just a matter of saying the words. You can't say, it's my pleasure. You can't say, I'm sorry. And Christians can't just say, I'm blessed. Have you ever heard a Christian make that claim? This is a good thing to say. It's a perfect response to the question, how are you, based on the second scripture that I've just read to you, where Jesus says again and again, blessed are you even when you suffer, even when you're oppressed, even and especially when you face hardship. So on the one hand, while there could be no more appropriate thing to say, the words are just words unless you say the words like you mean them. I can remember numerous times when just this word, blessed, brought tears to my eyes because the one who said that word to me, have a blessed day or whatever, really meant it. How many times have I asked the, the mourning, the impoverished, the afflicted, the oppressed, how are you holding up? Only to hear them respond to my question, I'm blessed in defiance of their pain. But that word blessed is worse than empty unless you say it like you mean it. How can you say it like you mean it? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Wait just a minute. Blessed are the meek. What about at the airport? Have you seen what happens to meek people at the airport? Last week, an Ohio woman assaulted flight attendants and police officers with a fire extinguisher at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. Did you read about that? A better question. After standing in line... Going through security, watching people cut in front of you, feeling pushed around and prodded, only to then hear that your flight has been delayed. Have you ever wanted to get that fire extinguisher and hose somebody off? 
The meek get run over in the airport. Yet Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Can you believe it? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Try saying that one to parents who are watching their kid play basketball, watching the referee call traveling on their son after the kid on the other team picked up the basketball and ran with it down the court. How can you see the blessing and thirsting for righteousness without getting it? It's hard. So, parents sometimes get escorted out of their kids' games these days for demanding righteousness. Some would say, especially the parents whose kids go to Christian schools, get escorted out of games for demanding righteousness. Yet Jesus says that those who don't receive righteousness are blessed. So shouldn't we Christians be the first ones to face hardship or injustice with something more than base human anger? A friend I run with asked his middle school son how he felt after seeing a teammate's dad escorted out of their basketball game. It looked like your friend was embarrassed. Are you okay? Do you ever feel embarrassed when these parents go crazy yelling at the referees? His son said, I'm just glad those parents are on our side, Dad. (laughs) Now that's seeing the blessing in the middle of an unfortunate situation. Can you see the blessing in the midst of the unfortunate situation that you're sitting in right now? Can you say, I'm blessed? And can you say those words like you mean them? That could be a challenge. The the more likely thing that I'm feeling during hardship is regret. Saying to myself, how did I get here and what could I have done differently? Looking back again on my childhood, I can remember how much I loved hitting the reset button on a video game I'd be playing, a game that I loved and could play for hours on end, Civilization it was called. Started with this one settlement, then you'd move around, colonize in other parts of the world until you were either wiped out or achieved world domination. What I would do when I played this game is I'd send out my little colony and occasionally the native inhabitants of that land would attack my colony, taking it over. And whenever that happened, I'd just hit the reset button on the game and could start again with a clean slate. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to do the same thing with life? Hit the reset button on your dinner party. So that you could start over with the roast that ended up burnt to a crisp. Hit the reset button so you have the chance to not say the mean thing that you said. Hit the reset button on your day. Hit the reset button on an argument. Hit the reset button and go back to see the doctor before it got so bad. Hit the reset button to go back and do it all over again. Wouldn't it be nice to just start over and to do something to avoid the outcome that you are stuck with. But Jesus points us towards something different than regret. 
His is a step beyond regret and wishing you could do it all over to see that even in times of hardship, we are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn, Jesus says. Why, we ask, how could it be? I remember my dad, what he would say after his mother suffered a stroke, a stroke which put her in a home, led to her losing the ability to drive, her ability to paint, then her ability to remember, and finally took her life. My dad would look back on the year leading up to the stroke and would wonder what he could have done differently to have prevented it all. He would say to himself, if only I had been there when she fell. If only I had been the one to go with her to her doctor's appointments and had helped her to take better care of herself. If only I had been there when the stroke happened, then I could have gotten her to a hospital faster. If only, if only, if only I had a reset button. Yet those regrets are so different from what the Lord actually says. Blessed are those who mourn, he said. Why? Because while we wonder why bad things happen and wish for a way to avoid them, while we want to just start over and steer right around tragedy, the Lord says to us today, open your eyes to see that you are always surrounded by God's blessings. Blessed are those who mourn. For those who mourn are surrounded by people who love them. Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness. For righteousness is on the way. Don't waste time on regret. Don't spend your time looking backwards. Open your eyes to the blessing that surrounds you even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. For even there he is with you. From the cross, he said to the criminal crucified right beside him, Today you shall be with me in paradise. For paradise awaits us all, my friends. It's just ahead, right around the corner. And so it is what's waiting for us that must hold our attention, not what might have happened in the past. Give up on regret. Instead, look for blessings in the moment. And remember always that our tomorrows will be far brighter than our yesterdays. Know that. And you will always be able to say, I'm blessed and mean it. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.